Welcome to Steeped in Mystery, our very first episode. I'm Amanda. I'm Jenna. Today we're going to be talking about a place near and dear to me, up in the northeast part of Utah, where I grew up in the Uinta Basin. Most of you may know it from its TV show that has now been released. We are going to be talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh, Skinwalker Ranch. So uh, I've actually heard on other podcasts that they don't like the term skinwalker because it it freaks them out. So so they actually use this term called flesh flesh pedestrian. (laughs) And I'm not quite sure how I feel about that because skinwalker just has that spookiness to it. Okay, but there's a good reason for it. So the natives believe that saying skinwalker calls skinwalkers to you. So right now they're probably thinking we're calling all the juju on us. Oh, okay. Fair (laughs) point. Fair point. But flesh pedestrian just makes it sound so bad. It it, it makes it sound like, um, you know, when Harry Potter has his bone like zapped out of his arm and it's all floppy. Like, can you picture like a floppy human? (laughs) Walking around. To me, that's what it sounds like. Flesh pedestrian. So it's like, you don't have any bones. You're just jiggling down the road. Jiggling, hoping that the next Tesla doesn't run into you. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's how it is. I love that. Well, so where I grew up was in Vernal and Roosevelt. I lived in both those towns. And they both surround uh, Skinwalker Ranch. And we used to, there's nothing to do around there. So the only thing we could do was talk about creepy stuff. So we talked about everything from the vanishing caves to river babies to uh, like even like people waking up in their campsites and having weird stuff going on. Um, Like the Ashley Valley Forest has a whole bunch of stuff and I could go on for hours just about the Uinta Basin, so we'll have to save it for another day. <laughs> Absolutely. One more episode of our all of our mysterious stuff up and coming, we hope. Yes, absolutely. I We have so many things we talk about. I feel like we could talk for years about all the creepy stuff in the world. Absolutely. I mean, just when you think you know, like, all of the lore and all of the cryptids and all of the other stuff out there, then then you get these, you know, flesh pedestrians coming at you and you're like, pump the brakes. <laughs> I thought I knew it all, but I don't. But I don't. So um, before we get started into all the lore, the lore I just want to um, let everybody know that our beverage of choice tonight, because we like our teas, our beverage tonight is uh, chai tea, and and it is my special recipe, and um, it is delicious. <laughs> uh, we love our tea, so on this show you're gonna get like a dose of tea, but then a mega dose of mystery. <laughs> a super so dose. Hopefully, we can satisfy some kind of need in your life for all of your tea needs and spookiness. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. Okay. So this chai, you make this chai at home. How many hours do you have to steep this for to get it like this? Because it's so good. Um, generally between four and eight hours. It just kind of depends on how much I want my house to smell like chai. <laughs> I would have Which generally that. is like a lot. So yeah. I tend to steep it like often. I feel like I would have it rotating like year round. 
in order for us to have tea all the time. Like, all the time. <laughs> I don't think I could ever deal with, like, oh no, I'm out of chai, I have to wait another four hours to have some. <laughs> very true, very true. Chai, chai is my go-to. That is my comfort drink, and I love it. I don't blame you. Well, so, getting back into the, the spookiness of it, like, where I was living in the Uinta Basin, like, I was a sheltered homeschooled child, and even I was aware of the off-limits property in the heart of the basin that we know as Skin Ranch. I mean, like, even employees had to sign non-disclosure agreements in order to even work there. Like, you could not just be a regular person going up and and walking in there. Like, they, they recently sold it, and that's when the TV show started, to a different guy. And so he's way more open about it, from what I understand. But I haven't really watched the show. So, so what I know of Skinwalker is that for about 20 years, um, Mr. Bigelow owned that property. And, and if, if some of you don't know Mr. Bigelow, get, Google him because he's like, uh, he does aerospace stuff. He's a billionaire. Um, he believes in extraterrestrials, um, which is, I think, awesome. Um, but he owned that ranch for, I think it was about 20 years and that's when the security was super tight because he was actually doing it on contract with the U.S. government. Yeah, and he like he was really possessive about the whereabouts. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, he did not want anyone to know where it was. Like teenagers would have fun by going out and trying to locate the entrance to Skinwalker Ranch. Like that's how off-limits unknown this place was to the locals before they sold to this newer guy. Right, right. And and from what I understand, they, they like had armed security and um, because of their contracts with the governments. But here here's here's my big take on the whole Bigelow doing his his exploration of Skinwalker is that the dude was there for almost 20 years. What in the hell was he investigating that was taking him 20 years? Like, if you went out there in the middle of nowhere, Utah, and was like, oh, let's see if this place is haunted. Let's see what's going on at this place. Um, let's see if they're skinwalkers. Clearly within, like, reasonably, I would think within a year or two, he would be like, oh, nope, there's nothing here. Um, sheesh, I just wasted all my money, you know, trying to... Uh, uh, prove something on this ranch in the middle of nowhere utah but obviously if he was there for 20 years there were there was something that he was like you know trying to figure out yeah and i mean so there's like one major story about like a skinwalker being on the ranch and it was released on their website i remember seeing it when i was like 13 because i was so interested i had to go to their website and look at it right um but honestly what skinwalker ranch actually has going on and what is way more happening there is not skinwalkers it's absolutely ufos like, i agree yeah 110 oh yeah for sure <laughs> for sure like there's there's only a couple of cases that I've heard from, like, friends who went exploring there and from, you know, the website when it was up and running by the previous owner about an actual skinwalker occurrence. 
And I think the ranch actually got its name because it's there on Skinwalker Ridge. So it got its name from the ridge there and not actually from sightings of skinwalkers. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So there's way more UFO stuff going on out there. And, you know, I think the new show (laughs) proves that. So the new show um, that, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, it's on the History, I believe it's on the History Channel. Let, let me I know check myself really Net- quick. Uh, yeah, I know it's streaming on Netflix for sure right now. Oh, yes. History.com. So if you if you go to the History Channel or History.com, they have the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And I fully recommend that. I've, I've watched all the episodes to date. They are excellent. Um, the UFO footage abounds. And, and they have some really, really awesome theories about things going on out there. Yeah, I I have not watched the show yet. I have made several attempts to sit and watch the show, but every time I sit down and, and try and turn it on, I think like, oh no, I already know all of this. I grew up in the area, you know, everything. It, like, it's so familiar to me. How am I supposed to sit and watch a show and have it drone on about stuff I already know about? You know what I mean? And so I I just don't think... I don't know. You should tell me what you have seen on the show that maybe, like, let's let's get into the mainstream. What does the show talk about so that I can tell you what the show maybe doesn't talk about? Um, so one of the big things that they touch upon in the show is that um, there's definitely a UFO or the, the newer term um, UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, which I don't buy into. Come on, it's a UFO. If it's unidentified and it's flying, it's a UFO. So they get into a lot of um, UFO sightings and um, have a lot of compelling video. Um, They also, in this show, have have started to investigate under the Mesa itself. And what is under the mesa that could be causing some of these anomalies or um, different energy spikes and energy readings. Right, because they have confirmed electromagnetic interference for sure, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's the, they, they talk a lot about this mystery frequency that they have picked up on at the ranch whenever anything paranormal occurs. So they have this mystery frequency that happens, and then all of a sudden you get UFO sightings or you get paranormal. Like they've caught an orb on camera floating through the... I mean, there is some wild stuff that they have caught, and I think that it's it's fascinating, and and frankly, it's, it's really awesome that they're having this show because they look at everything from a scientific perspective like completely scientific so they've got all this empirical evidence i know they have cameras up everywhere which is oh yeah yeah like that's a that's a crap ton of money to spend on equipment (laughs) right and uh, it's so funny you bring up orbs so one of the first stories i had heard about skinwalker ranch that got me interested is a group of friends of my older sister at the time um were going out and exploring and trying to find skinwalker ranch and they um, were kind of in the right area of it. They must have been very mm. close because they were out in this field. They they were in sagebrush, walked past their car, going out there looking, and they just see 
orbs of light start floating up out of the sagebrush. And I don't know if you've been out in the sagebrush in the middle of nowhere, but that, you don't just see magical orbs floating up. I'm not talking about like small fireflies, not that we even have fireflies in the area. Right. I'm talking like, like softballs, like softball sized orbs coming up out of the sagebrush. Like legit. Wow. Okay. So I know you can't see my face, but, um, yeah, I, I, I actually was pretty, wow. That, 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 that is, that is pretty cool. It, it was one of the first times I'd ever heard something that made me go, oh my gosh, we are not alone out here. There is something going on that nobody's telling us about. It, it opened my eyes towards everything else. Like, if it wasn't for that, I would have never even known, you know, like, Bigfoot was a thing or conspiracies were a right? thing. Right? <laughs> I think everybody has that one thing. I mean, especially if you believe in the paranormal, I think everybody has that one thing that happened to them and they go, there's no explaining this. There's literally no way to explain this. And, and I think, you know, I had instances like that when I was a child. And so it feared my, if, sorry, feared. <laughs> scared well, you. yeah, scared the crap out of me. But it fueled my fascination with paranormal and things we can't explain. And so I. It is a fascination, isn't it? Right. And, and but I do. I think everybody that's interested in, in this you know, um, these topics, they, they do, they have their own personal experiences and, and that's what they grow upon. And, um, you know, one of, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, I'm going to, uh, shout out, shout out to it. Um, uh, monsters among us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I, you just get story after story of people calling in and saying, I know I'm not crazy, but here's my story. Or somebody tell me I'm not crazy because here's my story. So Somebody give me a logical explanation so I can sleep at night. Right. <laughs> somebody tell me, please, that I am not on hallucinogenics that somebody slipped in my tea. <laughs> oh, my God. There are a few hallucinogenic teas. I don't think we'll be able to bring those in here, but it would sure be fun if we could. Um, but honestly, I, like, for me, that was, that was like, the thing was Skinwalker Ranch, and there, it kept going. Like, like I'd have friends be like, hey, last night we saw the lights over the hill. They were living in Ballard, which is, like, oh. almost right across from the ranch now that the location's been posted Disclosed, out. yes. Yeah, it is right across from the ranch. And they would see these, these beams of light shooting up, and we've got nothing out there. We've got oil rigs. That's the, only, that's the only thing out there. And the only thing you really get from the oil rigs at night is, like, the squeaking sound in the distance, which is disturbing in and of itself. Right. But to the locals, it's just like, yeah, that's that's the oil rigs. But just beams of light shooting out of the ground. So I, I, I think it would be important to tell our, our, our listeners, because I've, I've actually frequently driven through this area for the last year and a half because um, my, my daughter's... Um, boyfriend lives in the area. Yeah, I and it was so and funny so him. right, and 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 the interesting part about it is, y'all have to know this is like nowhere, nowhere Utah. It's like nowhere. there's, 
where he lives, there's like two gas stations and I think maybe a baby post office or something and some schools. And he does live in one of the smaller towns. That, like, right. I, it's Twilla, right, that he's in or is it? No, he's in um, Tabiona. Tabiona, yeah. We make fun of them all the time for how small they are. But granted, where yes. we were from, like when I started living in Bernal, we had two stoplights. Like we were not <laughs> we were right. in a big town. They've gotten a lot bigger over the years. Like, now they've got, like, Walmarts and, like, you know, Taco Bells and McDonald's. So, like, they're getting to be a bigger town. And Roosevelt is a pretty, I mean, like, it's about the size here in Arco. Like, right. there's stuff, but there's not stuff. Everything closes at 9 and you're done. So, I mean, this is not a place with light pollution. This is not a place. Exactly. With- <laughs> exactly. We want people to know that, like, if you live there, like, you, you definitely know what coyotes sound like. You know... You know what an elk bugle sounds like. You know what lights are coming from because there's only two stores open. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, what's that light in the distance? Oh, that's farmer so-and-so who can't turn his yard light off at night because he's afraid his chickens are going to get eaten. Uh, yeah. So this is this is somewhere that Looks is like... Looks like the bakers are having another late-night barbecue. Like, exactly. That's exactly. It's like everybody knows because... It's so small and so remote that you just know what's going on. That's that's the way it is. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I think what this, what um, your experience show is that people knew unexplainable shiznit was like happening out there. Everyone knew. I mean, I was, I was not in the in the in the groups that were like out there doing stuff like I was a homebody and I knew like that's the kind of level of like town what's the word I'm looking for Uh, like local lore exactly it is it is kind of like local lore but now it's it's becoming way more mainstream especially with the history channel show yeah. But um, it and and I think it is fair to point out that the skinwalker moniker is more I think of the location because it's super close to um to to native grounds yeah, and it's and up other there things. With the, the, so the Ute uh, re- reservation is right in that area. Right. Okay. They're they're there between Roosevelt and Vernal, and I mean, they I mean, they're not exactly what I would call the most like down to their roots uh, tribe. And granted, I only knew a few of the Ute tribe, but like. They were the tribe that was, like, more modern. They were, like, you know, up to date with everything going on. And there weren't a lot of them who kept with, like, the ancient traditions. Sure. Like, they they weren't, like, superstitious people. And even they, you know, knew what was going on and were wary of it. And now right. the Utes are one of the main um, types of natives that believe in skinwalkers. And my understanding on their the definition in most native groups of a skinwalker is, like, a medicine man who's gone, like, dark, but in, in all of them, it's... He a, went to the dark side. <laughs> it's a human who wears the skin of an animal and becomes that animal. And, you know, they there's sightings all over about, like, skinwalkers and how um, if they come to your place, you'll hear them outside sounding like one of your loved ones or looking like one of your pets. And you are not supposed to respond because if... Okay, that's not creepy at all. Yeah. That's not creepy at all. Like, I I can understand looking like other animals, but, like, if you're starting to sound like my family or, like, somebody I know calling to me, I'm out. 
like we were told, if someone outside sounds like someone you know and they're calling for you, you don't respond and you wait for them to come inside and talk to you. Because if it's someone you truly know and you don't respond two or three times of them calling, they're gonna come in and be like, yo, I was talking to you. Yeah, but didn't if, you hear me? <laughs> but if it's a skinwalker, they're not gonna do that. And so, like, mm-hmm. like this was a place where everyone closed their blinds at night. Not because we had a lot of crime, not because you're worried about stalkers. Like, everyone's houses are so far apart from each other. This, you closed your blinds so that nothing could see in. Like. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That tripped me out just slightly because, I, I mean, we're, we're in a location here. So we're recording from Idaho. And a, a very rural Idaho. Yeah. And um, I I live on five acres in the middle of nowhere. And my closest neighbors, like, you you can't holler at them. You have to drive over there to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. You can't talk across the fence. Anyway, I, I don't have blinds or curtains on some of my windows. And even now that I'm living out here, like, I've sort of let my windows stay open. I get natural light. It's great. I save on power. Like. Yeah, but now I'm going to be like... Do I really want to look out that window <laughs> yeah. at two in the morning when I get up for water? Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> no. It stuck with me for such a long time. Like, I was living in a fourth floor apartment building and I could not leave my windows open. I couldn't. Like, there was no wind going Because that was still ingrained in you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like okay. this. <laughs> it gets into wow. your roots when they, when they tell you this kind of stuff from a young age. And I was... I was deep Mormon. So, like, Mormons themselves are, like, very, like, hey, don't look at the superstitious. Let's not worry about witchy stuff. Let's not even talk about that. Like, Harry Potter was on the edge of stuff we were allowed to watch. Yeah. And so it wasn't like I was, like, in an atheist, witchy sort of family or anything. Like, Right. Very religious. Very religious. And so, look, coming from a very religious perspective, this was still, like, super... Yeah. Creepy and on your radar. I can't even imagine some of the kids who weren't in that position, how much more on their radar some of this stuff must have been. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, I'm sure that a lot of these kids, and some of the stories I've heard, oh, my gosh. So. Okay, what is, is like, your absolute favorite or craziest story that you've heard about the ranch? Those are two separate ones. Because my favorite one is I knew a guy who worked there. And my scariest is one about my friends driving up there. Okay. Okay, tell the scary first. Tell (laughs) tell the scary first. So, okay, I must have been 14, 15, like I was older and old enough to be hanging out with, you know, some of the friends who uh, maybe my parents didn't want me hanging out with. Troublemakers. (laughs) Yeah, so these were the kids who'd take you know, their cars and they'd go drive around because that's what you do in a small town. You either go walk around Walmart or you drive around. That's, that's your options. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So we, you know, we're talking one time and they had gone over the weekend. I think this was during, um, pioneer days. So pioneer days down in Utah is only a Utah holiday, but basically they celebrate their pioneers coming in, starting the Mormon church, all that. And so everyone gets a weekend, like 4th of July sort of deal. So they were driving around during that weekend. And more fireworks. Yeah, lots more fireworks. And yep. extra parade candy. So, I mean, sucks to not live there. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but 
they were they were driving around late at night you know like all good children do <laughs> and they they go and in between Roosevelt and Vernal is like 30 minutes of just desert and that's where we're we all at the time were like yeah Skinwalker Ranch is somewhere in this mix and they were driving down this off the main road because our main road is the highway that's all there is there's the highway that goes through all the towns there and then off roads that's right it. right there's nothing but dirt roads or the main road okay yep so they're driving off one of these dirt roads and they said they were driving like 20 30 minutes they were just waiting to run into a fence they were just hoping to come along the property line right and they're driving along and they come to the fence Oh, so they found it. They they found a fence. There's nothing okay. saying it's Skinwalker Ranch. And, oh, right. And right. they're skeptical because the fence is supposed to be closed and guarded. And this fence is open. Mm. So they drive through. like. Oh, know. yeah. Cause, uh, of course. Because <laughs> if, it's, if it's open, fair game. Yeah. All bets are off. You're it's, good. It's not trespassing. It's nope. Like... Nope. Gate open. You're good to go. They, they drive through. This, I mean, it must have been so late at night. Like, because they said it was dark, and this is July, so I'm thinking it must have been, like, 11 or 12 at night for it to have been dark. And they they drive onto this big empty area, and, you know, they're creeping along, and they start seeing these eyes from in the bushes. And they, you know, assume, like all us good country folk do, oh, that's a deer, oh, that's a wolf, or, you know, they're thinking maybe they've stumbled upon a herd of deer. Out, oh, okay. Out yeah, or that's maybe, fair. Or maybe cows. Maybe someone left their pasture gate open. You know, there's reasonable. Lots, there's lots of grazing, and these figures start coming up onto the car, and they start surrounding the car. And the closer they get, the more human all of them start realizing they are. And I don't know what. I don't know how much credit I can give. I just know I trusted these people and what they were saying truly scared them enough that they never went out driving at night alone. They said it was people in tribal garb, like traditional tribal garb, up against their vehicle, banging on the vehicle. Like they had dents on their car to prove that something was hitting them. Oh my gosh. And they were like surrounded in their car. They had to start backing up slowly to get these things to move enough that they could come away from him. And they kept following them down all the way to the gate line. And they said once they got past the gate line, that they just stopped. They were just staring at them from the gate line. And, like, if it had been someone else, I think I would have just, like, thrown it out the window. I've been like, you guys are absolutely bat crazy. That didn't happen. But these were people I knew and I trusted. These were not people who were prone to flights of fancy. These were the people who wanted to go to Skinwalker Ranch to prove it was some other place. Oh, to say, ah, ha, 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 we went there, we didn't see anything. We went there, you all are babies. And they they never would drive at night again. They were, they were terrified. They were terrified of whatever wow. they saw out there. And I don't feel like a lot of people are going to be just out in the middle of some nowhere dressed as Indians ready to prank them. I don't think that that's... Right, yeah. And so, like, they... And they were talking, like, they had, like, masks. So it was, like, Indian garb with masks. And I don't even know what masks they would be wearing because I haven't really seen any Native cultures with masks. But they said they were, like, masked and just 
all Indian garb. Like, I'm talking, like, the leather, the beads, the, like, big headdresses. Like, they... And, and the you Indians, you know, like I said, they were more of a modern tribe. The only times they'd really get dressed up in garb is they'd do a couple of things through the summer where they would, you know, do the powwow and everything that was open to the public. Right, right. Small little celebration. The tribe gets some extra money by having locals come around and get to buy some cool things from the natives. But that was it. They weren't like a... They weren't like a lot of the tribes where they make a bigger show about their traditionalism and things like that. Like, right. They were just... They were regular dudes. Like, that's the, that, that's a very crazy story. Like, I... It scared the crap out of me. Like, yeah. the ever-living crap out of me. Because how am I supposed to, like... I would not drive anywhere but on the main roads. And I did not drive at night unless I was with someone. Like, this is... It's just not a thing you do around there. And I... So do you think the parents, do you, do you think the parents, like, were there any that would discourage their kids from, like, going and out, going out and driving oh, at yeah. night? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. This was, <laughs> driving, driving out at night by yourself was, like, a rebel thing to do. Like, oh, most gotcha. of the kids around there, they'd go driving during the days, they'd find the local caves, go splunking, you know. I mean, like, this was the place where the local city parks the teenagers would go and play on them like that's that's the town we were you know gotcha and so driving out at night was like something that the kids who were going to parties where they were serving beer stuff would do and that was usually within city limits and so just driving out there into the nowhere was stuff like the rebel kids did wow like, it it was not something you were supposed to do you know, and parents would always say, oh, it's because we don't want you to crash into a deer or we don't want you, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you can't tell me that some of those parents didn't know the crap that went on in the area oh, and were absolutely. like, uh, no. Absolutely, because even if you disregard Skinwalker Ranch, like I said, there's so many other reports of weird stuff out in that area. Right. And so. Okay, so so you said you, said you had a favorite story too that one that you like and and it was an employee that you knew that worked there yeah so my dad at the time was dating this um barber and I was homeschooled at the time so I could do my schoolwork anywhere like right. I could do schoolwork from anywhere and I didn't want to do it at home that day so I went and sat in her barber shop while she was cutting people's hair that day hmm. and this was a regular client of hers and I several times after that would come so that I could hang out and meet her clients because this first encounter made me so interested and I got to talk with him a few more times after this. But he was an employee out there at the Skinwalker Ranch. He was security detail is as far as we knew. Mm -hmm. But he had to sign a non-disclosure so he couldn't tell us, he couldn't tell us anything. But we kind of got tricky about it because um, I'm going to go ahead and name drop her because I don't think she'll care. My um, Debbie was her name. Mm -hmm. And she and I were both pretty conspiracy nuts. So was my dad. Like, we, it, it kind of was like a family bonding thing to be a conspiracy nut. And, you know, so we're all like, okay, well, you can't, you can't tell us anything. But we're going to ask you some questions. And this guy was pretty cool and that we could ask him something. And he would either say, I am not allowed to speak about this. I signed a non-disclosure, or he just wouldn't say anything. And that's kind of how we got our yes or no answers. 
And so we would ask yes or no questions and he'd respond in one of two ways and that's how we knew what was going on. And so what we learned through this tedious asking process, because if you've ever had conversation of just asking yes or no questions, it is so hard to get any straight answer. It's like if, right? I, it's like, if I was like, are you wearing pants? And you're like, no. Well, that leaves, are you wearing dresses? Are you not wearing anything? Are you like, right. you're left with so many open doors. So it was a lot of follow-up questions. But what we learned was that he was hired on there and immediately asked to sign the non-disclosure before he was allowed to train or do anything. Like he, the second he was hired, non-disclosure that, sign. That was it. You, yeah. you, and, yeah. And you get hired off location. You don't even get to go out to the site until you've signed your non-disclosure. So Jeez. he signed his non-disclosure and he would work at the gates. I think he worked in like the evening night times because like... He was only ever there in the mornings, like, so I think he was on the nighttime shift. And he said that um, there were very few other employees there, like, we're talking under 50 employees in total for all shifts, all all things. And, and, and to be fair, I think that this time period we're talking about, this was like during the Mr. Bigelow yeah. occupation of Skinwalker. Yes, and he... He didn't want anyone to know anything. So, like I said, we didn't even know the actual location of the place. It, right. It was like a treasure hunt. Who can find Skinwalker Ranch first? So this guy said amongst the employees, over half of them had seen things. And most of them were UFO type sightings. More of the orbs, more of the lights, and actual UFO spacecraft sightings and they were so not allowed to talk about it that talking amongst it with each other was the case where they had to talk about it under the boss's nose because we'd be like well can you talk to your fellow employees about this no he can't well do you yes he does so wow so this was like they they were not allowed to share anything. I think this Mr. Bigelow guy wanted it so that only he and only a few trusted people were allowed to know. They would hire high-end scientists from the local college. They would hire security from just about anyone, but they had to sign the non-disclosure. But, like, they, they would only hire local. They would only, you know, allow people there once they signed everything. And everyone who worked there, or practically everyone who worked there, saw stuff that you cannot explain. And a lot of us living around the area for a long time suspected that there was a specific UFO that would continue landing there. And so Shut the front door. Did you just say landing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, as locals, we believed that um, there was one specific UFO that would come there and land there and then leave because we would see these occurrences of something coming in and then something leaving. And, you know, the only helicopters and airplanes were around there were like hospital. Right. Right. That, and that's kind of where we're at now. We're, we're in a rural area that if you hear a, a helicopter, you know, it's like life flight or something. Well, and this isn't something anyone heard. This is something we saw. Because it's, it wasn't loud. 
So no, no noise. No noise. But locals on the regular, like I swear it was like at least once a month. I saw the, you know, I saw it land again. I don't wow. know what it was. I saw it land again. And we'd see it. That's how we all knew it was Skinwalker Ranch was somewhere out there in the desert because we would see this thing. Legit. You could pinpoint. Oh, yeah. It would come in and out. And so, like, we knew it was, like, government, military type of deal. So a lot of us assumed that maybe what was happening, you know, like, for the logical side of the brain, that maybe what was happening was, you know, the government was testing some you know, newer airplanes, jets, whatever, for military purposes. That's, oh, okay. That's the rational explanation, is that they're at night in a rural area testing new military equipment. You know, that makes logical sense, right? For sure, yeah. But yeah. it was so interrupts and so, like, these did not look like, these were not triangles. These were not lit up things. It was like a dark silhouette would move across the sky and I say silhouette because like you couldn't make it out like I felt like I was watching everything on a really old camera oh. dark silhouette come in go down go up and so logical explanation sure could have been military training but it was <sighs> that seems like okay so if if you think this through and you go um is this military? Is this some kind of experimental military aircraft? Well, I, I, I would argue that no. One, because there's the, the closest air base to the area is in um, Ogden, Utah, yeah, um, Hill, Hill Air Force Base. And, and I think that that's they do quite, their own testing. Yeah, that's quite a few... That's quite a ways away, and then and then um, they they also have that Dugway Proving Ground in Utah that's you know military, but it's on the other side of the state almost. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for them to have chosen that location for testing that kind of stuff. And what makes even less sense is that if they were testing private stuff like that in that area, they easily could have done so in daylight. And, you know... Not really even had that many witnesses in daytime hours. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So the question became, why is it only happening at night? And and we asked the guy, you know, we said, hey, are there any sort of military operations happening there? And he told us no in his own way. And again, this leaves many open doors for it being non-military, privatized companies. Oh, right, right. Sure. Asking only yes or no questions is a terrible way to get information, but it was it was not just superstitious people. It was not just crazy nuts seeing this. This was everyone in town. This was everyone within, you know, a certain sight line being able to say there's something going in and out of there, landing and leaving, landing and leaving only at night and not every single night. So it's not like someone leaving and coming back. It, right. I don't know if Mr. Bigelow owned his own private jet or what, but again, why only at night? Like, And and you would have had the noise factor. Exactly. Where's yeah. the noise? Why is it yeah. just seeing it and not... And the, that's why I say that's my favorite because it's like... Talking to this guy and getting to see some of this stuff, it's like... It, it corroborated what you were seeing... And, and, in a and way he like, kind of gave you an 
off-the-cuff affirmative that, yeah, you're what you're seeing is actually what you're seeing yeah. in a roundabout way. In a roundabout way. And I really... It really frustrates me that I don't know what was going on there and that we haven't seen in the show anything of the similar, which makes me think maybe it was tied to Mr. Bigelow in a way because the newer show has not cooperated or reported, to my knowledge. I've heard that maybe they think they found a UFO under the soil, and I wonder if the sightings have since stopped since I lived there. So... Because I stopped living there around 2015, so it's been So, right, they... They do think they have, I think, a working theory that there is something under the mesa. And they don't know exactly what it is. Right. And um, I heard they also think they have something up in the air. Yes. Okay. Away. So what they have under the mesa, they've actually done some drilling. And they've come up with fragments of metal that don't occur naturally in nature. And so they've had them analyzed at the university level and, um, you know, the, the metallurgists are like, these are odd combinations, but this is, this is, you wouldn't find this in nature. So no. it's obviously not supposed to be there. Right. They have like geologists and stuff working with them. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and that's one reason why I really like this show is because they're taking such a scientific approach to this. And so they're like, hey, let's do this test. Hey, let's see what happens if we do this test. And so, um, like you were saying, they think there's something up in the air, too. And they're, they, they legitimately, I think within reason, proved that there is some kind of anomaly in the airspace above the ranch. Right. Because they've shined lasers in the air. They've... They've done testing with rockets. They've done um, some other testing that proves that there's in the airspace, I think they said between between 4,000 and 7,000 feet, there is something anomalous in that airspace. So they can't say what it is, but they know that there is something. And that's what's frustrating about UFOs in general is it's like, you know, I think it was during 2020, during peak COVID times that they... Um, CIA declassified a bunch of UFO videos and said, listen, these, we can't say these are aliens, but we can say with absolute certainty that we don't know what these are. Yes. And it's frustrating with that with aliens because until we have in our hands tangible proof, scientists are always going to say, well, we can't say that aliens is what it is. But they're never going to say that. But we can say it's not natural. It's not something we And that's, that's how we get to supernatural, folks. And, you know, the Central Intelligence Agency would know if it's, you know, freaking other countries' equipment or what. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, that I, I think that the, the BS that's out there is, you know, gosh, is this China? Is this Russia? Is this somebody else on the planet Earth that's created um an aircraft and and i call bs on that theory all day every day and the reason why is is because we would know we would absolutely we would literally know we would and and i think that our government would be wise to to even disclose that if they knew it they'd be like nope this is this is a new this is a new um russian 
Well, they'd be telling us so that we would report aircraft. Them. Yeah. They, so uh, for the safety of Americans, they would say, "Hey, we have just discovered that Russians have this technology. They're flying ships that can take direct right turns. Please be advised if you see something in this anomaly, like report it. Report right? It. You would think, and, and and I I would like to think that in this day and age, they're not going to be. Um, worried about mass hysteria like you know and war of the worlds but you still don't know i mean you still don't know i mean i think the government sometimes thinks that we're all like little children that need to be protected and our hands held and everything else but i i think with you know documentaries and podcasts and and all the other information that's out there we're slowly being able to say... Well, the fact that the government declassified those videos shows that they think we are ready to handle a certain level of information about you. I would think so, Whether yes. it's truly aliens or just truly unidentified ships. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you they're not worried about mass hysteria because recently, um, I can't remember, I think it was NASA. I believe it was NASA. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But one of the government organizations recently released um a thing where they said no we do not believe you you can do it with alien life forms (laughs) because that's are you what did you did you just say do it yeah like you can't sleep with an alien life form they came out and had to say that okay to the american public because they're more worried about the americans fetishizing the aliens than they are oh my about gosh. us running from them. Can, can you imagine an alien fetish club where they land every night and <laughs> strange things happen with whips and chains and green little men? <laughs> green little men. Okay, we're getting way <laughs> off topic. But I'm just saying, mass hysteria is probably not their biggest concern right now. I think, yes. I think that there's, when it comes to UFOs, I think that at some point... The governments worldwide signed agreements to say we are not discussing this with the general populace until such a time. And I think these agreements were signed also with the UFOs. And that's a whole bunch of other conspiracies. Okay, that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother, nother, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Okay, so back to Skinwalker. (laughs) So for those of you that are new to paranormal and new to... um, you know, just mystery things Welcome in the world. Welcome to the and, rabbit hole, yes, first of all. Yes, um, But Skinwalker, yeah, yes, mainly there's been a lot of UFO-type instances happen. The, there's been the cryptids, so yeah, they've so seen the things that... Did you hear the original cryptid story of Skinwalker Ranch, the original released one? No. So the original, the first guy who owned it before Bigelow. Okay. The farmer who originally opened the ranch to be... A cattle ranch. Right. He and his wife were living there, and one day they heard their cows screaming. And so they run outside, and their dog's going mad and barking at this, like, giant wolf-looking creature. Okay? And it is pulling on the cow's head through the fence. Oh, gosh. And trying to rip the cow through the fence. And this guy pulls out his shotgun, you know, because he's, he's a good country farmer, so he's got his shotgun handy. Right. And he shoots the thing, because what else do you do? And this thing keeps pulling. It doesn't run. It keeps pulling. It keeps tugging on the head. So he shoots it again. And finally, after a little while of shooting at it, tugging on it, he finally gets it to run away. 
of course he's going to chase it down because this thing basically killed one of his cows. Right. Yeah. For when you grow up around ranches and and uh, livestock and stuff like that, you you know that once they kill one, they're going to kill. They're, the they're going to kill again. So yeah. it's it's better just to. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm not an advocate for just shooting random animals, but it it really is the reality of it. No, it's like when they hunt down the sharks that kill people. Like, it's like not every shark is going to kill a person, but you have to get rid of the one that's already got a taste for the blood. Yeah, agreed. And so he goes and he starts chasing it down. You know, his wife has come out. He's worrying about the cow. He's worrying about the dog. Yeah. He starts following it down. This is a country bred country boy. Like, this is a hunter. And he's following the tracks of these big wolf balls. And he describes them as being big wolf prints. And you, if you've seen a wolf print... They're already huge. like Yeah, they're they, massive. They, and and I don't think wolves are native even to Utah and haven't been native for quite a while. Not to my knowledge, no. And, and granted, I'm not an expert. But he swears it was a wolf and that it was a huge wolf, like bigger than a normal wolf. And he followed these big footprints out into the middle of this field and they just stop. Out in the middle of this field, just so, stop. Dead cold trail. Nothing else. Just big footprints. Big legible footprints. And then nothing. And again, I say this is a hunter because you should know. Like, hunters know how to check, oh, the grass is bent here. You know, oh, the... Okay, so there's one other theory that I've heard about with Skinwalker is that that it's a portal. That there are either a portal or multiple portals. I, I wouldn't doubt it. And on I, the property. I wouldn't doubt it, especially with some of the stuff that happens in the Ashley National Forest there, the Ashley Valley National Forest, because like, it, like people have things happen all the time where things just show up, where things just disappear, and it cannot be explained. So the idea of it being a portal of some sort would not surprise me at all. Like, right. And... I'm, so so just, um, just to touch on the history, then I'm going to add that from 1934 to 1994. Yeah. So that's a that's like 60 years. The yeah. ra- the ranch was owned by Kenneth and Edith Myers. And I do believe that's the wife and husband I was referencing. That, so the first owners and then the second owners that we know about were Terry and Gwen Sherman and they only owned the ranch for 2 years. Yeah, two, two years, years, and they were sick Ni- of it. 1994 to 1996, and they literally were like, we're done, there's so much happening here, we can't we can't live here. <laughs> and they sold it to Robert, Robert Bigelow, who owned it from 1996 to 2016 people, yeah, 20 so years. Yeah, so a year after I left. <laughs> right, 20 yeah. years. And, and now it's owned by, um, present owner is Brandon... Fugel, and um, you can see him on the uh, the show. On the show, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that he's taken the opportunity he has and the money he has, and says, "Look, I bought this place, and I'm going to make sure that whatever I find out here is made public." Like I'm speechless <laughs> because yes, I agree with you. Because not a lot of people, a lot of people, when they have that money and they have those opportunities, would prefer to keep the information to themselves. Or sell it to the highest bidder. Exactly. But he's making it very public, and he's and and I think, honestly, I think he's being just a super steward of the place by saying, "Hey, this mystery has been here for 
over a hundred years. Yeah, like this isn't like in the modern age. This is. It goes back. It goes back. Like, I think Roosevelt. I. I mean, we could check, but like, I think Roosevelt wasn't founded too long before then, and that's the area that this was in. Hang on, I, I'm gonna Google this because. I'm terrible. I don't know when the town I grew up in was founded. <laughs> Who does? So, um, the, there have been numerous um, documentaries done on Skinwalker Ranch um, besides the, the current series. Um, and if you don't know uh, who George Knapp is, he's a very well-known kind of paranormal um, investigator, uh, journalist, and he's, he's actually done, um, some reports on Skinwalker Ranch as well. So lots of people yeah, believe so, that this is so, I credible. Mean, Roosevelt was only founded in 1913. Like, oh. yeah. So, I mean, it's still relatively new as far as the history of America goes, but I mean, that was not long before Skinwalker Ranch. It was not long at all. This wasn't like some modern teenage, this, this wasn't a creepypasta sort of thing where it started in the age of information. This right, was, this is before that. This was when, if you claimed these kind of things, you could be sent to, you know, a crazy house. Legitimately could just be held against your will for talking out about this kind of stuff, you know? And... Again, I think I think it's the the day and age that we're living in because um, I, my my family's always been into conspiracy theories and um, strange stories and and weird unknown things. weird unknown and so in our house it wasn't unusual to talk about the unusual but if you talked about the unusual when I was a kid people looked at you like you had grown a third eye or horns or like they, they you just didn't do it you just didn't talk about the weird stuff because then you were ergo a weirdo <laughs> well yeah and i mean if you talk about it to the wrong groups even in today's society they're just you're still thrown under the table this kind of stuff is very taboo and so for this guy to come out and say okay i'm gonna do a tv show about this and open my doors and my yard to whoever. I mean, right. that that really speaks to me. I and again, I can't say enough about the 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 science that they're using behind this to try to prove <laughs> some of the craziness that's out there. Because I mean, they're legitimately trying to document this stuff. I know. And it, if you just look at the documentation, forget. The skinwalkers forget aliens if you just look at their documentation and the facts the empirical evidence that they have there is something going on there that we cannot explain with current oh yeah and so to ignore the fact that it probably is something unnatural or unknown is you know it's very uh, close-minded yeah like you're, you're just fooling yourself at that point because you cannot explain it. And if you can, go do it, please. We, we would like to leave our curtains open at night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, really, like, I would much rather be disproven on a lot of this stuff. That I'd, I'd really like to meet the guy, you know, wearing the Bigfoot costume <laughs> instead of worrying that there's a giant creature out there who just might strangle me. So 
<laughs> or 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 the one that's gonna you know haul off my cow in the middle of the night oh my or gosh. and and for those of you like <sighs> I, I, I don't know how to explain this other than until you live in an area where there's like ranches and and cows on a daily presence those animals are massive <laughs> they really are big well and they're the kind of things that most of the time coyote packs packs will even be hesitant to go near because they'll, yeah. look, they'll look for the strays. They'll look for the calves who have wandered a little too far. And even then, most of them know to stay off that area because they're too afraid to get shot. There's plenty of deer. There's plenty of... Well, and we, we even have... We have wolves where we're at now, but even a full-grown wolf could not pull... A cow through a fence. A cow yeah, through a fence. That's, that's legitimately a and its head just impossible. Being, yeah, it's... That's what got me is I'm like... I, I mean, I was in FFA. I was in 4-H. This is not... Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not possible. This is this not... Is, uh, you're talking yeah. about a rabid animal with insane amount of strength and size. And even then, I really doubt that after getting shot a couple times, it'd keep pulling. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because most... Like, e- even with the coyotes that come out by my place oh, you it's walk like outside and they're yeah like, if you if you walk outside and make a lot of noise they <laughs> scatter yeah so they they are absolutely have a fear of humans they know and, what their place is in the right chain. right and so for a weird i don't and see that's the thing i don't know that i would call it a skinwalker that attacked that cow just because i'm i feel like that's, that's just the closest explanation i think anyone can find like because it's a animal that's not behaving like an animal and that's typically okay. that's typically a classic characteristic of identifying a skinwalker but the fact of the matter is it was something it was not behaving properly and it's terrifying that it could be there harming these animals and then just be gone See, and my mind goes to... Like, that's uh, not a hallucination. Your cow dead on the floor is not a hallucination. Right. But my mind goes to, that's some kind of crazy ass cryptid that just came through a portal <laughs> and was trying to drag the cow away to, obviously, to eat. <laughs> the, but... The absolute balls on that farmer to go out there. Right? <laughs> I cannot it's, imagine. I... I Hey, I had moose run through my yard today and I and I'm like don't get too close. Don't let the dogs get too close because even moose are scared. Moose can be Yeah, yeah. Moose are huge. They can be ornery. Oh, yeah. And they're they, bigger than a car. <laughs> yes. If you've ever seen yes. a moose. And so I mean for the, for this guy, yeah, the the pair on that guy to to, to like track down, chase down whatever this was. Oh. oh. I would not. I would have once okay. I got free of my cow, I probably would have been like, All right. Yeah, I would have I, I would have been like, bye. Bye. See ya. Keep running. Don't Please come back. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I there's so much going on out there. And I don't think enough people like talk about in seriousness some of these and that's what I'm hoping to like make this podcast about is talking about the reality and the the truth of like how frightening it is to grow up in some of these areas where this stuff goes on all the time. Cause you know, right. Cause you, to the locals, this is real. This you, is, this isn't urban myth. This are, isn't legend. This is real. This happens like there's mysteries. The all, daily there's mysteries everywhere in America, everywhere in the world. And to the locals in those areas, it is terrifying and real and it sticks with you. Right. Like I, if I see some strange animal outside my house, I'm not going near it. 
I'm riding the other way. <laughs> well, I'm the one that takes pictures of the moose from inside. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was my daughter who decided to go outside to take the pictures. And and granted, she was within the fence, so I mean, no, no scary things would have happened. But it, you still have to consider that when you live somewhere yeah. out where we do, out in the wilds. Yeah, and it, no matter where you're at, like when... When stuff like that happens, you have to be careful. And so the locals in areas like that understand and know they're they're crazy creatures way more than anyone else is going to. You go to a small town and you say, hey, where can I go camping? Then they're going to say, oh, well, definitely don't go here. Right? (laughs) Don't go up No Tellum Canyon because there's some strange, crazy-ass shit that happens up there like on the regular. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, to, to, to wrap it up, final thoughts. What do you think Skinwalker Ranch? I mean... Uh, I would I would not have a cup of tea within the 30-mile radius. <laughs> no tea. <laughs> no tea. No tea There's... for Amanda. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. I would say no tea at Skinwalker Ranch. I, I would rate that a zero out of 10 tea spot. So I'm actually going to say the opposite. You would go have tea there. Yes. If somebody <laughs> were to say, hey, Jenna, we have a proposition for you. Oh, my God. Come on out to Skinwalker and have your cup of tea. Oh, my God. I would be like, when, what day, how soon you do I, can I get there? With the, like, like a high quality camera and a gun. <laughs> I, it, it will take me, I think, six hours to get there. Like, how soon could we have this cup of tea? Yeah, I'm all for it. And then I'd be like, okay, once I have my cup of tea, can I, like, stay the night? Can I watch? Can I? Oh, yeah. You're going to stay the night. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in. You you didn't didn't grow up there, so. True. (laughs) That is true. You'll stay halfway through the night and you'll leave. And then I might be, yeah. You'll be hightailing it. (laughs) Time time to GTFO. Yeah. Yeah. But but for, for now, hey. Um, you know, Brandon, invite me out to Skinwalker Ranch for a cup of tea. I, I have some good brews. You know, we could sit down and have a cup and, and discuss the ranch. Yeah, I will not be coming back. You can't pay me enough money to sleep that close to it. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Two two different opinions on Skinwalker Ranch and, and whether to uh, cup of tea or cup of not a tea. So hopefully we'll be coming back with you next week with another fun mystery and another cup of tea. I already finished mine like halfway through this. It was so good. <laughs> yep. We, we will be back with um, another steeped mystery and another steeped tea for y'all. Thanks for listening. Thank you.